Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report, TV and radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 
I don't think so. I, I think this was the plan from the gate. I don't know what they were hoping to accomplish if this was the way to introduce a couple of new people, but it just, it's just it, this whole thing leaves me scratching my head. And scratching my well, yeah, scratching my head. Yeah, too. I bet you are. <laughs> so in the backward south of North Charleston, South Carolina, uh, or is it South Charleston, North Carolina? I don't know what, what building no, we're in. You were but, you uh, were right. You were right the first time. You were right, right the first time. At the upside upside down world of the South, uh, we've got it at the North Charleston Coliseum. The current champions walking into the show. Hollywood is the champ. Eddie Guerrero holds the U.S. belt. The tag team champions are the Outsiders. Prince Ayakea, the television. Cruiserweight is six, and the women's champion is some woman that's been on TV twice that we don't even know who the hell she is. But Medusa and Luna and Miss Jackie all want her belt. So is she hiding the belt somewhere across the world? <laughs> no it's idea. Like the, it's like the Where's Waldo of, uh, of belts, basically. A Where's Waldo. Well... This opening match was definitely not a Where's Waldo, and it's been a program and a um, a feud that's really caught a lot of heat, a lot of steam, and I thought it was a great decision to open up the show with. Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko, both you know, uh, really solid competitors in the ring. Dean Malenko, the former Cruiserweight champion. Eddie Guerrero, the current United States champion. What I absolutely love, and this is one of my favorites of all time things that happen in wrestling, is OPF. Do you know what OPF is? Uh, original, uh, physical, fantastical. Yes. Yeah, French fries. <clears throat> no, other people's finishers. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love when a person's trying to get heat, cheap heat, and he goes and uses the other guy's move on him. I am down with OPF. Malenko. Well, technically the face in this match, the good guy in this match, if you will, went for the five-star frog splash on Eddie Guerrero, then pulled his head up, pulled his head up and said, no, 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 we're not here to win yet. Where did that come from from Dean Malenko? You're talking about the Iceman. You're talking about a man of a thousand holes. One of his holes was not to stop the pin count short. That must be 1,001. That must be his extra move. It must be a new move he learned from any girl. Matthew, thoughts? Oh, I loved it. And, again, these two guys can work. We know that. But what they've done differently with this is they've given it a story. They have made, given us a reason to care why these two guys are, are battling each other. And, and I think this, this is probably my favorite currently going on in WCW. And I, I think it was very, very wise to open up with it out of the gate. I did not think – that six needed to be involved in this match at all for it to have any kind of, you know, drama or intensity or any kind of heat or any kind of, you know, sizzle. We got a plenty of sizzle with the steak. I did not think that we needed six involved, but it was involved. And uh, no. at the end of the match, it makes you think, wait a minute, it looks like six threw the camera at Malenko. Malenko hit Eddie with the camera, your winner and new champion, new United States champion, Dean Malenko. Here's where I was confused. Again, not to take away from the match, but, you know, he he wanted to be a man of honor. He wanted to be a great wrestler. He he was questioning what he's doing with the camera. Referee never said anything to him, but then said, eh, give me the belt. I'm out of here. All right, thanks. 
Yeah, I I agree. And again, when I first saw him come out, I was a little bit disappointed because it's another example of these guys just you got to put the NWO and everything because they're the hottest angle. But I, I accept that to a certain extent, and it did not. I, I don't feel like it took away from the overall match. And and I think what it what it got us was I mean this is. This has been a gradual Dean Malenko heel turn using the dirty tactics, and I think this further cemented that. So if it was just if it was just interference to be interference, but I think it further kind of cemented the fact that Malenko has no problems cheating to win. So little bit taken aback by it at first, but then when we got the whole picture, I was okay with it. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that during the match, they go backstage and Rick Steiner is out on the concrete and they show him being carted off in the ambulance on the stretcher uh, while the outsiders and six appear to be pretty concerned. So Rick Steiner out of the main event, which puts the WCW obviously at a disadvantage. Again, more stuff that did not need to go on during the cruiser, or well, not really a cruiserweight, but the United States title match between Guerrero and Malenko. But again, solid match. Really could have done without those shenanigans. You could have done that before the match, after the match, but didn't need to go on. This was a long match. Um, these guys went damn near 20 minutes. I mean, you want to talk about a match that opened up just hot and the crowd was into? This is the kind of match that they should be showcasing on a weekly basis, not just these two competitors, but this type of match and these type of workers. This will keep the butts in the seats. Matthew, your overall thoughts on this particular match? This is what WCW needs to use to just to, to plant its feet on. It's not – I don't think – I know you've got the big names right now and the NWO is hot, but it's not the former WWF guys. It is this original content, this high-quality wrestling, this and the cruiserweight divisions. And well, What's so great is these guys have kind of migrated over – to the uh, the U.S. title realm. I mean, these are two, quote-unquote, cruiserweight guys that are now in kind of a different division. So at least it's looking like Guerrero and Malenko aren't going to hit, hopefully aren't going to hit that cruiserweight ceiling per se because you've kind of, without anybody really paying attention, moved them away from that division. So hopefully this is a way of moving both of these guys up the card and not just handcuffing them to cruiserweight matches. So again, this is what... This is what WCW needs to invest its time and needs to needs to communicate the fact that this is what separates us from competition, not necessarily the former WWF guys because they've been there and they've done that. So as this NWO angle goes on, you're going to have to, I think, go to the Malenkos, the Guerreros, to really when you're giving your elevator speech and saying what separates WCW from the competition, this is it. One of the more confusing promos I've seen backstage has me and Gene Okerlund talking about Roddy Piper. I mean, this guy's just spitting out stuff that doesn't make sense. But he makes a point inside of all this gibberish. The Horsemen said they'd be here. Where's Flair and Arn Anderson? Not here. So they get Horsemen B-team, which is Benoit and Mongo McMichael and Jeff Jarrett. The B-team. So that's the three-man team. You get the Horsemen. No Flair, no Arn Anderson. And uh, then the confusion is that uh, Piper leaves the screen, Benoit leaves the screen, Jarrett leaves the screen, Mongo McMichael's just standing there. And Deborah's standing there. Bye. Uh, we wanted to talk to you, but let's go back to the ring. Tony Schiavone says, sometimes she's not for talking to, she's just for looking at. 
<laughs> what a cluster F. How about that? What a absolute cluster. Ultimate Dragon takes on Psychosis. Um, ironically enough, back-to-back cruiserweight type matches, as you talk about yeah. the first two making their way to the United States title division, but this was a cruiserweight match. And um, the Tiger Suplex from Ultimate Dragon, victorious over Psychosis. Again, this is a great, great, great one-two punch here. I mean, this is, going back to what I just said, this is what WCW needs to use to differentiate itself. You had that great initial match. You go straight into this. This was, this was a hot, hot start. A lot of times they'll start off with a, a high-motion match and then kind of calm it down a little bit, but this was an, an excellent one-two punch. Speaking of a one-two punch, and not a donkey punch, but let's talk about the adult magazines. And let's yeah. talk about... Let's talk about DDP out there. I cut an interview on the Macho Man. And Macho comes out, and this may be one of Macho's funnier promos I've seen in a while. Oh, yeah, I like you. I like you a lot. I think you're a man. Yeah. You know, I'm going through this magazine, and uh, there's a lot of nudies in there, Pam Anderson. You know, I just to get on that. Yeah. But who is this? Oh, brother, that's your wife. She is in Penthouse Celebrity Naked Pictures. And. What blew me away more than anything else, obviously here comes Kimberly Page, DDP's wife, spray-painted NWO. It's one thing. Do you recall, since she came in under pomp and circumstance, Macho Man Randy Savage in the WWF, do you recall a time for, one, that Elizabeth had any physical action, was a heel? She goes, what's wrong, honey? Oh, my God, Elizabeth speaks, and she's a bad guy. Wow. No <laughs> This and may no. be still wow, a terrible is... promo, but, I mean, talk about shock factor, Matthew. Yep. No, absolutely. I, again, you go to your first two hot matches to a segment that means something, and I really like the fact that they didn't go directly into Savage DDP at this pay-per-view. That was my impression, the way that the Nitros were going. I thought we were going to get it possibly at this pay-per-view, but they're taking their time setting it up with this, and I thought this was was very, very significant. I do want to go back to Savage for a second, though. One thing that I feel like they're really messing up, we have not gotten a reason that he joined the NWO. We had the big Savage-Hogan feud, this, that, and the other, and – Come on, give us just, just one Halloween. promo. Ex- yeah, explaining why you decided to to join. Just give us just just a couple sentences, an explanation, and we can move on. But I think that is one thing that's kind of slipping through the crack here. Speaking of crack, again, Penthouse, Kimberly Page <laughs> in Penthouse, and talk about a well placed NWO spray paint job on the magazine. All their bits and nooks and crannies all covered up by the spray paint of the NWO. Honestly, that might be the high point of the pay-per-view, because now we're going to Glacier versus, I'm sorry, who? Mortis with James Vandenberg, a collector of strange things. It is a martial arts match, Matthew. What is uh, Mm -hmm. Glacier's longest match he's ever had? I don't know, but then we just asked a question on this very week, where was Glacier? And apparently Glacier's been on Saturday night the whole time because this is a pay-per-view match that had absolutely no build on Nitro. Did we even know Zero. this was coming from, from reviewing Nitro? I don't think we've ever mentioned Who the hell is Mortis? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Vandenberg distracts while Mortis cleans Glacier's clock with his weird Harley Quinn doll head on a stick. And it's another man called Raph. No one apparently knows his name at the moment, but we researched it. It's Raph. And it gives Glacier... Uh, the blood has clearly ran cold, folks, uh, but... What in a wide, wide world of sports is going on? Glacier with a win in a nine-minute match. Usually his entrance is nine minutes long, and the match is 30 seconds. I need to see a little bit more on Nitro before I... I mean, granted, folks, I know Saturday night's part of the programming, but who's watching Saturday nights? Let's be honest. Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs in a strap bond match. I mean, strap match, excuse me. Because (laughs) Buff is the stuff, and you can't get enough. And uh, this is the, the match that we've been waiting for when the American males exploded. It's Buck Bagwell taking on Scotty Riggs. And uh, Buff with new music, NWO-ish music, and his own music. And uh, he's got his own new Buff gear because he's Buff and he's the stuff. And then there's Scotty Riggs. Um, Riggs over the top, hangs him by the throat with the strap. Uh, Riggs completely unconscious. It's academic as Bagwell taps all four corners for the win. Did you care? I strangely enjoyed watching Buff in this match. There was one point where he was where uh, he was trying to, I guess, uh, Scotty Riggs was kind of about to go out or something. He tried to grab his hands and do the American males, you know, uh, you know, do the American males clap. And you know what? I, I hate to say it, but Buff started to Buff starting to get over on me. Okay, Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry taking on the Public Enema in a Texas Tornado match. Now, Public Enemy, you know, it is uncensored. It's, uh, you know, they're going to go with uh, trash can lids and toilet seats uh, going each other's heads, punching and kicking and all that. Well, uh, basically, uh, Jarrett and Mongo come down for some reason, again, unexplained, uh, but they did explain that this was supposed to be Jarrett and Mongo in this match, but they got dragged into the main event. So... Okay, so Mongo wobbles Rocco with the briefcase, the Halliburton case. Booker delivers the Harlem Hangover and gets a win. Um, I don't know why this was on. This reminded me a lot of what was the match we saw a few years ago that went to the concession stand? Was it Nasty Boys and uh, Harlem Heat? Yeah, it's another match that I'm not sure why. Interview with me, Gene Okerlund, for the remaining team of WCW. It's Scotty Steiner, it's uh, Lex Luger. And it's uh, the giant. Not bad. Um, Luger needs to stop staring at the monitor right in front of him because he oils himself up, and then he looks down at the TV and just flexes it until he's got the right spot. That was distracting as hell. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. That's all Luger does. Yes, I've got his big words memorized. Starting to yeah. notice it more and more. <laughs> he's got his big words memorized, staring at the monitor and looking at his oily chest. It's it's distracting as hell. WCW World TV Championship, Prince I.K. taking on Ray Mysterio Jr., which is billed as a return match. What the hell is a return match? Oh, these guys wrestled before. Okay, it's a return match. I.K. rolled through the springboard Hurricane Rana and got the 1-2-3 on Ray Mysterio. Um, I.K. continually winning. Um, I don't I don't understand why I.K. is here. I think he's probably a good worker. I'm just having problems being invested in what he does. Your thoughts? No, I'm, I'm the same way. He's a good worker. 
although it did appear that everything was moving in slow motion compared to what you normally see in Mysterio match. Mysterio wrestles a very, very quick cruiserweight page, pace. Uh, Ikea, I mean, he's, he's quick, but he's not as quick as Mysterio. So this whole match seemed really slowed down compared to what I'm used to watching, say, Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon or Psychosis or something like that. So. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. And again, it, it's it's a little bit. It's kind of what they're doing with Malenko and Guerrero because this is technically a TV title match. So you've got Mysterio kind of wrestling up in the, in the TV title uh, division really now. Great so there's there's a, matches. Two of them not yep. for a cruiserweight belt. Exactly. Yep. How funny is that? Well, they could do that because in the main event, how many guys were in there? Literally, their entire main event roster yeah. was in one match. So you had yeah. Hollywood Hogan, Randy Savage, Scott Hall, Kevin Hash. You had Lex Luger, the Giant, Scott Steiner. You had Roddy Piper, Chris Benoit, Steve McMichael, and Jeff Jarrett. So that's why you had three Cruiserweight matches. Because you had, I mean, the, literally the last match was all top-heavy. Um, again, we talked about it. I don't understand why we had to have 17 minutes worth of rules explanation. That just confused me more. I mean, I didn't know that WCW would be banned for three years if they lost, or uh, NWO would be banned for three years. When did that stipulation get thrown in? Again, they do a lot of, uh, you know, must be the hotline stipulations that are being put on there, and then they talk about it on a pay-per-view. But I don't recall that one being mentioned unless it was on a WCW Saturday night, the Muzzle ship on TBS, the Superstation. Matthew, we had Hogan show up at the end of the match, and we had Hogan show up with Dennis Rodman. I understand they do a lot of celebrity stuff. You know, Kevin Green, technically Steve McMichael was like that too until he became a regular talent. But uh, didn't Rodman kind of look like he belonged there? With the exception of not really getting involved in the action, he's as tall as Hogan. I mean, he's obviously yeah. a basketball player. So um, it, uh, it it was odd. I mean, he felt like he was there. He's already got his own merchandise. If you saw in the crowd, there were people wearing Dennis Rodman WCW NWO T-shirts. Yeah, you know, normally I'm not a huge fan of celebrity involvement. I just think back to Kevin Green and Mongo and that whole debacle. But Rodman works because Rodman's one of those top-tier controversial celebrities that works with the NWO at the given moment. And it really – having Rodman potentially being there hanging over the crowd tonight really made the show feel important. And when he finally did show up, it felt like a big moment. So I think this was done – this was done quite well. I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. I'm glad to see that um, – I hope he's got more – you know. <clears throat> more appearances and maybe some physical contact other than him being the one to attack. Because, again, the outside celebrities, they've got weird contracts. So they'll be able to lay in a couple shots here, but they can't be touched back. I mean, it happens a lot. Um, Kevin Green's was different because he was in a full-on match. But, uh, you know, just these one-offs where they show up, um, yeah, a lot of times they can't be touched. Here's the weird thing at the end. Granted, you know, Hogan and Rodman get to the ring. Uh, once Hogan gets, you know, into the ring with Sting, who shows up out of nowhere. Rodman stays outside, never comes to help him. Uh, Hogan covered Luger for the one, two, three to win the whole thing. Uh, they were about to spray paint everybody down. Sting repels from the ceiling. Have we seen that before? That's amazing. So Sting out of nowhere, apparently Sting no longer with the NWO or was never with the NWO, just kind of listening in on their secrets or doing whatever, uh, literally laying into everybody with the bath. So you want to talk about a hot finish? To close out a pay-per-view, this was it. I, I couldn't. I mean, literally, I thought the match was over, 
They're outside. They're posing for pictures, and then <sighs> here he comes dropping from the ceiling, calling them all in and taking them out with the baseball bat. Your thoughts on the way the show closed? No, I thought it was fantastic, and he propelled so quick too. You had that one big moment with Rodman, uh, you know, turn into basically this other big moment that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. You heard the chance, but I don't think anybody expected it to be in this capacity. So just a, just a, a fantastic close to what I thought was one of the better WCW pay-per-views in quite a while. And it even had a cruddy middle, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, because you want to talk about, say, Glacier and uh, Mortis, or uh, I didn't really care for Mysterio, Ikea. But you want to talk about solid two, three cruiserweight matches and the main events, which was still confusing as hell. Um, but I, I really did enjoy it. I actually thought it was absolutely fantastic. So, Matthew, that's WCW Uncensored 1997. Next week we're going to talk about the Nitro following. Will Sting confirm why he attacked the NWO? Also in the uh, the big world here, again, we've got the big show this week. And coming up this Sunday right here on the PWR Now Network, Survivor Series Reaction. We will be live and we will be taking your calls for the Survivor Series this Sunday right here on the PWR Now Network. So for Matthew Thomas, I'm the man that called me today. Thanks for stopping by. So long, everyone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.